The scripture for today's sermon comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. The word of God speaks to us like this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. This is the very word of God to us. Thanks be to God. good to turn around and see actual faces out here. So it's fun to see smiling people and just to jump into 2 Timothy together. While we're thinking about it, this is a new series for us. And I just want to set everybody at ease. It is more than appropriate. And something that I want to do often is just go right to the front of the Bible, right to the table of contents, and just... It is easy, it is simple to find wherever we need to be in the table of contents in the Bible. If you're new to the Bible or just like, I'm not really sure where things happen, it's split in two almost halves. And so if you just think of it right down the middle, 2 Timothy is one of those books that is towards the the middle to the end of the second half. It's just as simple as that. And so uh, don't feel any shame and hop right into it, look up wherever it is and, and find it in your own Bible. My name is Chad Puckett. I'm one of the pastors that gets to serve this place. I get to love this area and get to serve Yukon. And it's just a real joy to, to gather with this and then the, the late crowd as well. It, it's just a, a joy to get to be together in it. So uh, I get to think about it this way. And before we jump in too deep in this text, there's kind of two things that are happening. There's a, a, an idea of not an overview, not a bird's eye view of 2 Timothy, but more of like what's, what's the context? What, what is actually the, the, just the, the soup that they're sitting in where this is at? So I'm not trying to do a bird's eye view of the whole book and give a survey of where we're going with the whole book as much as just giving you a feel for where this book is coming from. And then secondly, what we want to do is just say, not just like, hey, this applies to Paul and to Timothy, but how does this like actually affect us today and where it is for us today? So here, just take this little word experiment and this thought experiment with me for a second and just think, just picture that you have someone that you care about. It can be anybody in your life. You care about this person and you know you have you, you get one time, one more time to talk to this person. One more time to reach out and say whatever is on your heart that needs to be said to that person. What would you say? You have one more opportunity to speak to a loved one, to speak to a friend, to reach out and to just uh, pour out everything in your heart for that person. What would you say? I have a couple of guesses I would point out. I would say it would probably come from your heart. You'd probably think about it. You'd probably put some thought into that. 
And you would probably try to craft that in such a way that, man, it landed and it just continued to bear fruit. And right here we have, we have Paul doing that very thing. The writer of this letter to Timothy is uh, Paul. This is the Paul who uh, started out as this really religious rule keeper who ends up by God's grace, by God literally meeting him and rescuing him, turning him into a follower of Christ who ends up being a person who writes most, a, a good chunk of the New Testament. This is Paul who is not only Paul, like the apostle Paul, and he says, by the will of God, by God's rescue in his life, this is Paul at the end. This is Paul in chains. And this is Paul, and he's been in chains before, right? This is Paul in chains, knowing that he's not getting out of this one. And so if this were a movie, and not like a Marvel movie, if this were a movie, this would, be a, this would be a dark scene in a dark dungeon. At the bottom of that dark dungeon is an old dude who is back there, and he's got his pen in hand, and you'd see the camera just pan down to what he's writing on this letter. That is the context for 2 Timothy. But it's Paul writing someone, right? There's a writer and there's a recipient. And here's Timothy, this young guy, this, this guy that's friends of Paul. We get that right from the text. This is Timothy who we gather is not just friends, but he's beloved. We know from other passages in the scripture that he probably came to faith through Paul's ministry. And then he traveled on with Paul on his missionary journeys some 15 years. He was a co-laborer with Paul. He was out there doing the work of planting churches and, and furthering the gospel with Paul. And he became someone who was trusted. Paul trusted him. Paul cared for him. And that, that is evident in this passage. It's evident that Paul cares for this guy. And Paul not only uh, trusted him, he refers to him as his beloved child in the faith. This isn't just anybody. This is someone that Paul in chains is like, when everyone else has abandoned him, here is Paul writing to Timothy and thinking like, son, I love you. And we know a few things about Timothy. Timothy was probably fairly young at this point. He was still pretty young, probably relatively, even 15 years in, relatively early in his ministry, in his, in his influence over this area. We also know that Timothy probably had some illness issues. So we could go to different passages in scripture and see that Timothy probably had some illness issues. And Paul literally tells him, say, hey, take a little wine to help your stomach. What we have with Timothy is also a guy that is referred to as being a guy who's a little shy. One way we'd say he's shy. If we were being a little less generous, we'd say, hey, maybe you're a little weak. And you have this guy that is, man, he's young. He's maybe a little sickly, and he, he's, he's got a shyness issue. And man, if that doesn't sum up probably a lot of us in the room, like regardless of where you're at, like, like you could probably rattle off a lot of those same things of saying like, man, those aren't mine, but I got a long list of things that would make me feel like I, I don't have anything to offer. 
So to all the Timothys in the room, to all those who find themselves kind of in the spot of maybe feeling like Timothy, I'm shy, or I don't have anything to offer, or I've got all these things that would keep me from being anything to anyone around me, I want you to hear in this letter, and particularly right here in this picture that we have, I want you to hear in this letter that God sees you. He's able to work in you and through you for his glory and for your good. And this section in particular is a little strange because it's actually more of a picture than it is specifically do this, do that, do this. And later on, Paul's going to tell him all these things to do. But right here, we have this moment, and, and this is something happening in this text that is really important for us to see. This picture of this relationship between these two people, which actually pictures what it looks like between us and God. And so, if you would, let's just stop right here. You pray for me, I'll pray for you, and we'll just ask that God, God would do something in this moment in which we're not just going through another service, but we're actually saying, God, meet us in your word and change us. Father, none of us need another religious service. None of us need another religious thing to go to and, or, or just another hour, hour plus on our, on our calendar. And so, Father, living God, meet us. Meet us. And we pray that your word would speak. And we pray that we would see in this picture what it is that you're calling us to. A depth of relation that is, un, that is unusual and beyond things that we can muster up on our own. So, God, meet us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. This, this passage has something for all of us, and so you may be a guest here with us, and I hope you hear, not just from me, but from each one up here, we are really glad you're here. We're really glad you're here. Uh, if, if you're here and you're kicking the tires on what it means to follow Jesus, I pray that you'd see in this picture uh, that there is something here, and it might not be something that you have right now, but it would be something that you could say, man, I want that. And what we get right here is a picture. But for the rest of it, it's a, it's a picture as well. It's a picture of maybe something that we've heard about or, or think but don't really believe is possible. That maybe we just think is like, ah, that's something we talk about really being known. But what we see in Paul and Timothy is a relationship that is God-inspired, and it points to some things that all of us are wrestling with, all of us. We all have kind of three things that are universal to anybody in this room and anybody that we come across. If we were to drop on the other side of the world, we would meet people who struggle with these same longings, these same things. I, I, I spoiled the first part of it. With these three things. So the first part is all of us have some longings. There you go. All of us have a, a longing to be known. Each one of us have, has a longing inside of us by our creator to be known. The second is that all of us are really good at hiding. We're, all, we're really good at keeping distance. We're especially good at it when we all have masks on. When, when there's a forced distance among us. We're really good at it. And then the third thing is that we all have this kind of opportunity to receive or not receive. It's right there for all of us. And regardless of what you believe or where you're at with the Bible and with Jesus, those three things are there for each one of us. And so let's kind of spend the remainder of our time, the next few minutes kind of like 
bobbing and weaving with what that looks like here between Paul and Timothy and between us and God and us and one another. So, so the first thing is each one of us, each one of us has a longing to be known. We have this, this thing that's hardwired into us that we would be known. From the, from the beginning in the garden, you see, it is not good to be alone. And each one of us has this longing by the creator to have people in us that are, are walking alongside of us. We've got this, this inside, this burning in us to be with Jesus, to be with him, and, and then to say, like, I, I actually don't even know what it's like to be physically with Jesus, but I know what it's like to be with some people, and even in that, I don't feel fully known. We have this longing. We are created for it. And, and you see it in books, you see it in movies, you see it in song. It's, it's in all of art, this kind of cry of the heart that comes out. And, and it's so easy to see in songs across the spectrum. But just see the words from this one song. Here it is. I, I don't think I've ever wanted as much to be free as I've longed to be known. I don't think I've ever wanted to be free to as much as I've longed to be known. And of the things that I hate, as I look at my life, the worst is my being alone. Man, does that speak to the, that longing deep in us? When I think of everything in my life, the longing to be free isn't even as close. It isn't even close to that longing to be. And the biggest fear, the biggest, the biggest thing I hate in myself is this, this fear of being alone. In it. It's a natural thing. In this, in this letter, throughout this letter, but particularly right here when we see Paul saying, I remember you. I remember. Here's Paul abandoned by his friends, and he's writing Timothy, this beloved child in the faith, and he says, Here's what stirs his faith. I remember you. And it isn't just you. He's, he knows Timothy in a way that is unusual. He knows his grandmother. He knows his mother. And then it speaks to him and he says, I see it in you. Here's this one that knows somebody. And each of us has this longing. We have it. In our, in our hearts, and, and there's nothing that we can do to shake that until we, we find an answer to it. The second thing is that each of us are really good at hiding. Some of us are more natural at it than others. We're really good at hiding in this spot, and, and we can kind of keep distance even while being close to people. Even while having people next to us, we can keep our distance. We become masters at it through busyness or, or, or through a, a facade that we can put off. We know how to talk in the crowd. And, and religious people are as good at this as anybody. People who know their way around church and have been raised in it, they know how to say the right things and to, to uh, handle themselves in a spot in which it's like, we feel like we're talking, except we're not ever really getting past the surface. You know how to do this. Listen to this quote from the Huffington Post. Certainly no, like, uh, just arbiter of Christian thought. This is not what we're going to for all of it. But the Huffington Post actually puts its finger on something that each of us feels. And I want you to, to hear and think about this. 
Here's what it says. Uh, have we come to settle for flattering responses, confusing that with genuine connection? And nothing disguises being unknown more than being in a particular relationship for a long time. You see, what it's saying is you could be in the same group of people for a long time and actually not be known. You could even be married to somebody and not be known. You could be around your parents or your kids and, and actually not be known, though you know a lot of facts about them. Maybe it just stays at facts. You see, the thing is, we're really good at hiding, and that comes from the very beginning. Again, back to the garden. We, like, they knew how to hide, didn't they? They knew how to hide. And further and further, we know how to hide. And that might look like pulling back. It might look like withdrawing. It might like look like just giving surface when there's a lot more going on underneath the surface. It might look in a million ways, and it's different for the extrovert and the, the person who's an introvert. It's different in, in each one of us, but if we're hiding, we're actually doing the opposite of what we're actually longing for. And so there, each of us has a longing to be known, and each of us are really good at hiding. And then you have this moment of, of tension, right? Uh, in this, uh, all of us are going to have to feel and deal with is that you've got the option to receive it or not receive it. And each of us have that, right? Each of us have this spot where it's like, I can, I can just walk away from that. Timothy had it. Timothy is actually holding a letter in his hand, and Timothy could have put it down and not read another word further. He's like, I think Paul's about to unpack some things here. I just, I can, I scrolled ahead, and I could see that Paul's about to unpack some things, and Timothy could have put it down right there and said, I'm out. And you could do the same thing with this letter, and you could drop and say, man, I'm, a, I'm not going to come back through any of that stuff. Or you could keep coming and, and just kind of play it safe and keep your distance and not actually lean in and engage with people. You could withdraw or withhold yourself from one another. Or you could lean in and bring yourself and your heart to this and say, I don't want to just be in a room with a bunch of people. I don't want to just go through religious talk with people. Longing in my heart is to be known, and that scares me to death, and I, I'm, I'm prone to hide, but I actually want to receive that, and I want to see it. You see, this text actually shows us, it shows us a picture of it. It doesn't tell us yet exactly how that happens. It doesn't give us a how-to. We like the eight simple steps. We want all those steps, but this is simply, this, these five verses just give a picture for us. Is this a picture of things for us? Well, each one of us in that receiving, and we see the picture right there, I mean, we're, there, there's this moment of truth. And maybe you've never experienced a real depth of relationship with someone in your life. Maybe it's always been just facts. And you've had people who knew your grandparents or your mother and your father, but you didn't have anybody that actually got to, to who you are in your guts. Or maybe you have, and you've been let down by a lot of people. And maybe you've tried, and you've said, I want to be known, and you just have been let down by a lot of people who have flaked out on you. And, and let's be honest, we're going to fail one another. If we try to walk in relationship as Paul is walking with Timothy, we're going to let each other down. 
But maybe, maybe that moment of like, I, I want to be known by people, but I'm terrified and it's easy to hide. Maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I have tried, Chad, and I've been let down. Maybe it's another step further, which is like, you have put yourself out there with people, or you feel like you have, and you've been burned. And people didn't just let you down, they hurt you, and they wounded you, and they got to areas that were really tender, and you've, you've gotten to a point where you said, I'm not going to let people hurt me like that again. Let me just be really honest. Like, I've, I've had that with folks. I've had that with folks in which it's like, and this person's not going to hurt me like that again. And I'm not going to let anyone else hurt me like that again. And it's led me to just pull back and withdraw from people in ways that weren't healthy. That weren't healthy. Well, our passage says, it's Paul saying, Timothy, and he, he comes up and it's as if, it, it's as if he, he pulls up a chair through his writing, right with, these, with Timothy, right there, and he pulls up this chair and he says, Timothy, I know you. And where, how does he get there? He says, I remember what you've gone through. Remember this. I remember I remember our ancestors, and I remember your grandmother, and I remember your mother, and, and I see all that. And it's Paul pulling up a chair and going knee to knee and nose to nose with Timothy through his writing. And he says, I see you, son, and I love you, and I'm for you. That's what we have in this letter. That's what, that's what the, the gist of this whole letter is. It, it is a last will and testament for the church. And it is this big, like, here's how this moves forward after I'm gone from Paul. But it is intensely personal. And what we see is something that all of us need is, is like an actual relationship with one another, and most importantly, with the living God. You see, Paul gives something here. And it's not because Paul is like super special and really good with relationships. In fact, we see the opposite in that Paul sometimes struggles with relationships. He tends to get in kind of fights with some other people uh, around things. And he's writing these, these churches and he's like, hey, I don't know why we're squabbing about this, but we are. And, and so Paul's not naturally really gifted in all these relationships. What he is, is he's a changed man by the living God. He's changed. And what we see right here in this particular picture is God at work through Paul and Timothy's relationship. Something he's calling us to, to be a part of, and it's, it's one that will ultimately only be fulfilled in Jesus. Right from the beginning, you see what Paul says. This invitation... It, Verse 1, he talks about, this is the will of God. I'm, I'm only here who I am. This is Paul as this apostle, as this one who is in this position because of the will of God. And then he goes directly to this, to Timothy. Verse 2, my beloved child, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's the invitation for all of us tonight. Don't try to just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be a nicer person. 
Don't try to just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop hiding and I'm just going to jump in there. And don't just, don't just run up to someone and say, I'm longing to be your best friend. That's probably not going to work out perfectly. Here's the invitation tonight. Grace, mercy, and peace. Receive that. Receive that and give that. You see, on our own, we're given to jealousy and pretense, being a surface level with one another or standoffish. We're, we're given to all these things. Uh, we, we struggle, but it's God in his grace that meets us. It's God in his grace. Grace is God's kindness to undeserving people. But it's not just like he's kind to us. It's also that we deserve punishment and he's merciful towards us. He's merciful towards us. And we see that fulfillment right here in Christ. And so he is, he is kind towards us. It is his grace that is shown because of his great love that he gives towards us. But it's also his mercy which meets us that while we are the ones that don't deserve it, he gives mercy. And that mercy leads to peace. And what we often find ourselves doing is the reverse. We want peace with one another we want peace and we want to manufacture peace with one another and we want closeness and to be known on the, between one another when we don't know peace and we don't know mercy and we, when we don't know grace with God. And so here's the invitation this evening is to, to hear what God alone does or what we see pictured in this changed man, in this changed guy, in Paul and Timothy. We see pictured in a relationship that, that is truly meeting those longings of our heart. Not perfectly, not completely in every way, but we see it modeled. And so in here we're like, I know it can be done. That people don't just show up at church and then walk away still disconnected in one another. We see it modeled. First step is saying, God, I, that grace, if you, if you don't know Jesus, how can you help? how can you hope to really walk with one another as Paul's walking with Timothy? And so here's the invitation is to know this grace. This grace that meets us just like Timothy, Jesus perfectly comes and says, I know you. I know you and I knew your family and I knew your mom and I, I know you. He comes before us and he says, I love you in spite of all your brokenness. Meets us right there with his mercy. Tim pulling up, knee to knee, nose to nose, and saying, taking all of this. Would you bow your heads with me? have this invitation to meet with Jesus and that's for every single person you're here and you say I'm not really sure about all this I just ask you to to look at how God meets us with grace mercy and peace
And if you're someone here who is a follower of Jesus, remember those things again. And then apply those to one another around you. Father, we're asking you to meet us. We're asking you to stir in our hearts. We're asking you, God, to do a work in us that we can't do on our own. That we would be people who are, are truly moving to one another, resisting the urge to hide and actually receiving the invitation and receiving the, the cries from one another. Meet us in that, God. Help us. We cannot do this on our own. So God, take these simple words and stir it into affection in our hearts. It's in Christ's name we pray.